Ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome to another amazing episode of the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with the one, the only, Roman, don't I look good in a suit, Johnson, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, Hey, I hate to argue with you. Um <laughs> I, I'll accept that. I'll accept that that uh, middle name. You know, you I clean do like up wearing nice, a suit friend. from time to time. You clean up nice, as <laughs> they you. say. Uh, Roman, this is just a, a great day for a podcast. It's it is a, a great day for a podcast, Jared. The weather's great. It, it is. Why do we always talk about the weather? I was about to go there too. It's officially spring, and I'm still oh, talking yeah. about the weather. This is preposterous. I love spring. You know what? We're going to just start doing like a seven-day forecast at the beginning of this show from now on. Or there will Jared, be, we're going to get Al Roker up in here. Jared, what is your favorite tree? My favorite tree? Yeah. I don't know that I have an answer to that. What's what? Your Everyone's got a favorite tree. I've never been asked that question in my entire life. What is I have your a favorite do- tree? I have a dogwood tree in my front yard that's really nice. Oh, it was beautiful I- pink flowers. It is. Wait. It's not the gigantic one? No, that's an oak oh. tree. Oh, right. <laughs> but it's huge. Uh, it is. It's. I have the biggest tree on my block. It is gigantic. It's like 100 years old or something. I don't know. It's big. It's so big, like you can't hug it. Like you can't no. wrap your arms around it. And every can't fall, it, can't hug it. it just dumps every leaf off. It is insane the amount of leaves that thing drops off. It's many you hours know, I, of work. Yeah, I, I don't think I have a favorite tree. I just love uh, I love driving down a road where there are very mature trees. Like, mm, I don't yeah. know that I can live in a neighborhood, I, and I'm living in one right now that doesn't. But that's what that's always been a big deal to me when my wife and I have been looking for houses, is that, like, you drive down the road and there's big mature trees. I don't For whatever reason to me, it makes me feel home. I, I don't know yeah. why, but uh, I, I just love really big trees. Um, that's that's my answer to that. Uh, you Heck know, Rome, yeah. <laughs> Roman, this is episode 60. We're hitting another milestone here. Not too long ago on episode 50, you wrote a pretty sweet rap uh, to go over that saucy anthem that plays at the beginning, known as the Creative Sheep Anthem. Uh, yep. And uh, folks, if you want to go check that out, you can check it out. Episode 50, uh, back in the books there. Um, but this is episode 60, and this is a real special episode. I got to interview Ryan Taus. Um, now, this is so special for me because Ryan is my brother-in-law, and uh, he works on the Digirati team, the digital team over at Life Church, Life.Church. And, uh, he, Heard of him? Maybe just a little bit. Uh, we had an amazing conversation. And before we get to that conversation, folks, of course, you know this episode is brought to you by CreativeSheep.org. Uh, you can swing over to CreativeSheep.org for all your video and graphic design needs. We've got you taken care of, whether you're looking for something pre-made or custom we've got all kinds of seasonal stuff amazing countdowns and 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 interactive countdowns at that that have just go over like gangbusters um and some amazing amazing illustrations just swing over to creativesheep.org and check that out uh but roman we've got just a phenomenal interview here with ryan taus and but but before we get to that i i've got a question for you we talk a lot here uh about 
this this podcast is for young leaders. This podcast is to help folks that are wanting to take a step forward in their leadership. They know God's calling them to more. They're content where they are, but they know there's something that God is still calling them to that they've not yet reached. We want to help give them the practical steps to get there. And so, you know, it, it is very much about applying what it is that we're learning. And so before we move on to another conversation here, Roman, I'm just curious, uh, something that you're learning, maybe it's a, a book you're listening to or a podcast you're listening to, and you kind of gave me a sneak peek of this before the conversation. I thought it was really cool what you had to say. So why don't you share that with everybody? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so <clears throat> I've, I could be, have the tendency to just, uh, anytime I have free time, read or listen to something and always be listening to a podcast and like anytime I'm in the car, like pop in the earbuds and listen to something on the way home. But recently, um, just <clears throat> I've, uh, I've on my drive home, I've been just, just taking it in silence and just, uh, kind of reflecting on the day and, and mentally preparing for the second act of my day, which is coming home with my family. And so that I'm not mentally exhausted from my brain still working while I'm driving home listening and processing whatever information I'm taking in. And so it's been really, really helpful to just intentionally think about, okay, coming up, I have, I have the second part of my day, which is hanging out with my family and, and giving my passion to them. Because uh, I just started uh, intention, I, I started going through and, and filling out the workbook um, with the, the High Impact Leader course, which is Carrie Newhoff, who was on our podcast once again, not too long ago, talking about the High Impact Leader course. And uh, some of it sparked, um, he, I think he talked about it on our podcast too, where um, giving your full passion to whatever you're doing, um, because uh, passion is the thing that, that makes uh, a great leader. Like you, you want to be passionate, you'll be a passionate person, um, not necessarily balanced. So um, I've really embraced that and um, trying to, even when I'm hanging out with my son, Logan, who is seven months old, and you might think like you could just watch him play, but I've been like, how can I be passionate and give my passion to hanging out with him? Like just getting on the floor with him, wrestling and giving my full attention to him instead of looking on the phone or putting a show on in the background, like no show, just me and him hanging out um, as father and son. It's been pretty awesome. I even just the other day, a uh, little, little example, I was eating a grapefruit and I thought, how can I eat this grapefruit with all of my passion? And I just, I slammed it and I just was into it. I had the grapefruit and I was eating one slice at a time, just like savoring the delicious, beautiful grapefruit. And it was just really great. I love it, man. I love it, you know, especially not. I can't so much relate to the passion with a grapefruit, but uh, <laughs> I respect so much what you're saying about that. Taking that time on the drive home to really disconnect from work and then get yourself connected to, as you called it, the second act and uh, preparing for your family. And to be honest, that's something I suck at. I I struggle in that area. Uh, my brain, I have a real hard time turning it off and it's because I haven't made the effort to and to become passionate about that. I love that so much. And I think that's something that we can all uh, learn from and apply because this th this podcast isn't just about leading in your organization or leading at work. Um, as my friend Dan DeBell, as men and even as ladies, we're called to lead in three areas. First, we've got to lead ourselves. If you're not leading yourself, you're not going to win. Number two, you've got to lead your family. Family comes before everything else because at the end of the day, your work isn't what's going to go with you. It's your family. And so that is so, so important. And then comes work. And so, Roman, I just love how, how simply you laid that out. I learned a ton just listening to you talk about that, and I'm going to apply 
that myself. So folks, I hope you do the same. And Roman, I think we need to move on here because we need to get to our conversation today with the one and only Ryan Taus. It was an amazing conversation. And I'm just going to, I'm going to tease this out there because there's one thing that he said that I just like, it was one of those like, like mind blowing things where he said that they, as the Digerati team, these are, he's a part of the team He that like, they create you version. They, they create church metrics. They create develop.me. Uh, they work on the church website, the church app. Like this is a part of the team that, that Ryan sits on. And he specifically more so works with like the app, the, 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 the Apple TV app and the, the website. But one thing he said that I thought was so beautiful was this, that their goal as this Digerati team is that they are a, a tech team in the people business not a team of people in the tech business. I'm going to let that marinate for just a second. Mm. <laughs> they are a, a tech team in the people business, not a team of people in the tech business. I'm going to let him unpack that a little bit further, but that's just like, it, it, we can't just use tech these days and think like, oh, we've just got to be so relevant when it comes to technology but it's really all about connecting people. And he's going to talk about how Life Church does this in some pretty amazing ways, plus how Life Church is still figuring it out. That's right. The church that's reaching like 80 bazillion people a week, they're still figuring stuff out. There's so much we could Love talk it. about, and he's definitely going to come back on the episode. But without further ado, let's get to the conversation today with Ryan Taus. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on the Leadership Podcast. I'm super pumped to have you here, man. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. This this interview is extra special to me. Uh, folks, you may not know this, but Ryan is actually my brother-in-law. Uh, I, married, <laughs> I married his sister uh, nearly six years ago. And have had the pleasure of of getting to know Ryan down through the years. We've we've always lived a couple hours apart, sometimes further than that, right now being one of those times. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, always love getting together with him and talking, uh, talking church, talking ministry, for leadership, sure, sure. family. Uh, it's always a good time getting together at family functions with Ryan. And so, Ryan, I, let, let me stop talking and allow you to start talking here. Why don't you give us a little backstory, kind of uh, your background, what your family's like and uh, what you're doing now and how you got there? Yeah, raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I spent a lot of my life, private education college, met my wife, Jennifer, in college. We are now happily married in, in Edmond. We have two children. We have a three-year-old, Oliver, and eight-week, nine-week-year-old, uh, week-old, um, Elliot. And so, yeah, life is just in kind of the crazy zone right now in terms of just everything's out of whack. You know, the, I, in the fall, I had a great schedule. I had things working, and God's just kind of saying, you know, it's time to do a new thing. It's, it's time to stir the pot again. So that's just kind of uh, the stage of life I'm in right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And I, I've seen, I know your kids. I, well, I haven't met Elliot yet because I, I moved up True. to Boston. I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. But you've got an awesome family. Uh, always Thank love you. getting Thank together you. with you guys. And so that's kind of the personal side of your life. You went to OSU, Oklahoma State University, go Pokes. Uh-huh. Um, I am not a, a OSU fan, but I only said go pokes because you're on the interview. So I don't want to come across like a poser yeah, right there. You know, we bleed orange. We got orange in the bone, all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, and, and, and you, so you graduated OSU. Uh, when, what year did you graduate? Oh man. What was that? 2011? 2011. 2011. 
So been in the workforce. Spring of 2011. Been in the workforce now for about five years, but you've you've actually only had two jobs since you graduated. Well, two main <laughs> jobs, if you will. You did yep, yep. you did do a, a short stint of teaching at Oklahoma State. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but you're, you've had two main jobs. You've worked in the marketplace for a creative agency and then now working at Life Church, the Life Church, mm-hmm. Craig Rochelle Life Church. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I guess before we really jump into the main topic of our conversation today, one thing I want to tackle real quick is kind of the difference between the two, because you, you've been a graphic designer in both and you've even kind of switched roles beyond. Uh, just doing uh, like uh, uh, collaterals for a, a message series or a kid series or whatever the case may be. You've transitioned to a new role at Life Church uh, now, but before we really get to that part of the conversation, how different has it been going from working in the marketplace at a creative agency to going to the ministry world and working at a church in somewhat of a creative agency? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways it's the same. And from that background, I really try to bring the things I learned and the structure and the processes of an agency because those are things that are really good. You know, the client relationship, but it looks a little bit more like working with teams and ministries. The tools are the same. We got Macs, we got programs, we got creative suites. All that is about the same. But really, the big difference and the big leap is what I do and the impact it has. Um, instead of putting money in the people's pockets, now, you know, the kingdom of eternity is looking a little bit different because of the things that I get to touch and I get to do and the people I get to work alongside. And to me, that's the big difference. Um, it's just the impact. For sure. That's incredible. And, and not, only, not only are some people's lives being impacted, you're working for the largest church in America, if not the world. Uh, and so a lot of people's lives are being impacted by the work that you're doing these days, which is just amazing. God is doing some amazing stuff for sure. No kidding. Which, uh, folks, <laughs> if you can't tell, like there's some background noise that you may be hearing here. Ryan is actually at the Catalyst One Day as we speak where uh, Andy Stanley and and his ultimate leader, uh, Craig Rochelle, are teaching today. And so he pulled away to do this interview from the conference uh, which I just think it's super cool that the guy that you are able to learn from every single week and probably even more than one time a week, uh, you drove two hours to hear him teach <laughs> on leadership, which is Teams awesome. Teams of us drove, yes, yes. And well, the cool thing is, like, the things that I'm hearing from him, and I listen to Andy too, you know, you hear them on the podcast, you hear them every weekend, but there's just something about the environment. And we're all detached. We're all here. We're all open to receiving something new. And even though even this morning Craig was talking about decision making, man, all the bullet points I know about, but the, the stories, the little nuances that just kind of like reveal something. It's new. It's fresh. My mind's in a different place. And so, yeah, it's totally worth the investment to still make the trek out and, and uh, do that. That's so awesome, man. I think that speaks volumes of you and speaks volumes of him that one of his staff members would drive to hear and to be open. And because I believe that's one of his latest topics on his podcast uh, it is, is about decision making. And it could be very easy to just say, oh, I've heard this. I, I don't need to go hear that again. Um, but, mm. you, you know, Ryan, one thing I still want to touch on with the differences between marketplace and, and ministry, um, mm-hmm. have you noticed just culturally 
just uh, just like differences in how things are operated like move the christianity thing aside like we know mm-hmm. working in a ministry it it is about the kingdom of god but just with the the agency that you did work for and then the 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 organization that you're working for now it, have you noticed a difference in how they operate um and even treat their people and things of 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 that nature that it's been a big difference because life church is is known for having an amazing employee culture it's incredible um i i can say with utmost confidence where i'm at is the best place i could ever be um the people i'm surrounded with the opportunities and it really is um about the culture and i think what is so great about the environment is we're empowered to to learn to grow develop fail um there's the innovation bit there there's there's resources, there's teams of people that are just, their focus is to make us better, to provide training, to go through testing with our teams and um, the, the, the axioms that we kind of live by, you know, stewardship, excellence, irrational generosity, all those things are really ingrained to us. And that makes a huge difference in the way we approach our day to day, for sure. That's awesome. I love that so much. Well, let's jump in, Ryan. Uh, tell us about the role that you sit in now. You came on the team as a graphic designer, but you have, in the not-too-distant past, you've actually switched roles, yeah. and you're on a new team now. Tell us about that. Yeah, so when I initially started at Life Church, you know, I came back from the agency background, and I was definitely a graphic designer doing that whole bit, and then transitioned to Life Church. That's where I really got to do the same thing, but in the church world, and the thing I noticed was just technology is moving at an incredible rate right now. And sitting in the traditional graphic design seat, I was just, you know, reading, digesting. I keep abreast of just what's going on in the world. And I quickly became apparent to me that, man, I have to get into a different seat. I have to be thinking a little differently. I have to get out of this mentality of just fixed things. And so the opportunity, I've been prayerful about it. I went through seasons of just God doing something in my heart. And there was a position that opened up on our interactive team. And our interactive team has gone through a lot of adjustments, a lot of different uh, places within our organization even. And so it was amazing to see honoring God to say, you know, go through that season of challenges and see him honor me with being able to get into this seat at this time with this team of people. It's been an amazing experience. So what I get to do now is really be part of um, our web experience, our app experience, um, the team that leads our giving platform, our volunteer platform, our people database, uh, all those bits. That's the seat and the team I get to be on right now. That's incredible. And I mean, Life Church is known for producing amazing leaders. Um, they're not just known for Craig Rochelle, but uh, you get to work for an amazing leader, Bobby Grunewald. Is that right? That's right. I mean, the guy that yeah. stinking created you version. <laughs> yes, he's he's awesome, and I love his ability as a leader to lead with an open and abundant mindset. Uh, astounds me every time. So wow, that's awesome. You know, so the main thing I want to talk about here, which uh, you actually sent this over as we were talking about this interview, and I was blown away when you sent this over, that you guys have recently, uh, and, and I shouldn't even say recently, this may be how you guys have operated all along, but you guys have the mindset that as a staff, 
you are a tech team in the people business versus a team of people in the tech business. Yeah, why, that's right, man. Why is that such a crucial uh, shift in thinking? Because I know with the nature of what you do, it could be very easy to think that you are a p- team of people in the tech business. But I absolutely love your approach that you're a tech team in the people business. Why is that a big deal, a big difference there? Well, I think when we think about technology, we, we get so fascinated by the shininess, by the newness, by, you know, oh, it's doing this cool thing now. Here's this new feature. But really what we should be doing with technology is leveraging it to better and enrich, enrich and engage people in relationships. And if we lose that focus, then we're just the tech team or we're just doing things that, that produce good products, but there's no real connection of people in relationship. And so for our team and what we're trying to steward forward and really ingrain in everything that we do, every decision we make, everything that we've put out there, is to think through it in the experience aspect. Is this adding value? How are we making a relationship better for someone? We don't want to just spew out information. We don't want to just put out cool videos, put out great content. We want to provide a way for someone to connect with that and connect with somebody to give them um, uh, more stuff, more resources of relationship, get them connected in a way that digital isn't the end point. It's the bridge that connects everything. That's what we want to use technology for. Absolutely. I love what you were saying there about uh, you wanted to create a bridge. And uh, that's one of the things we were talking about previously is is uh, you guys view yourself as bridge builders uh, versus, again, just building products. You don't just build products. And I can't remember who I, I came across this on social media the other day. Somebody was, it might have been Craig Rochelle, saying something to the effect of, if we're just live streaming our services for the sake of live streaming where people can just watch what we're doing, we're, that's not church. That's not, it's it's what you said just a second ago. There's got to be an avenue for people to connect back. Otherwise, I think it's where that shift comes into play is that you've just become a team of people in the tech business. Would you agree? I would agree. And really, if you think about how Jesus modeled his ministry, sure, he was out there preaching and teaching, but he did a lot of listening. He wasn't just out there um, putting out a message. He was there among the people, connecting with the people, and and there was this uh, back-and-forth type of communication. And I think we might lose focus of that and replace technology as a way just to get our message out and get it all out there, but it just becomes a bunch of noise. And So if we don't provide that opportunity for people to say, you know what, I don't know, I have a question about that. I don't know if that really understands. And if we provide a way for them to connect to an answer, there's where Jesus, that's what he was doing. He was building that bridge between people and his father. And we're trying to build that bridge in terms of people and Jesus. And so that's just kind of where our heart is. And if we keep that in the forefront of everything we do, um, we're going to continue to put out great products and great content because that's our end goal. That's our insight. Um, another way to think about it is like the product, if you think of it as a place, as a location, as a building, rather than just this bit of technology, um, again, that's where you can kind of get that energy and that passion to make the right decisions and not just put out a shiny new thing. Man, that's really, really good. So let, let's talk really practically. What are some ways that you guys do that? What are some of the bridges that you build? What are some of the ways that you make it possible for people not just to hear your message, but to get connected back with 
not just life church as a whole, but an individual, mm-hmm. someone that they can actually connect with? Like really practically speaking, what's that look like at life church? It looks that way in a lot of different ways. I think church online would probably be our best model in terms of you can go online, you can connect, we have the whole experience. But what makes that thing awesome is the fact that there is hundreds, if not thousands of volunteers 24-7 running that thing and the staff devoted to that in terms of there's this chat, you can get prayer, you can get resource, there's life groups, there's pastors for that life group, and it's all happening online, but it's just not a place that people arrive to. It's a place that people can connect with other people and do life with. And so that's a great, like, prime example. Um, As a church, we have an app, and in that app, there's great content. You know, you can get this weekend's message. You can find out what's happening at your campus, but also in there is what we call Connect uh, it was a connect card and it functions very much like our seat back card in terms of, you know, you write your information, you might have a prayer request, you might want to sign up to get baptized. Uh, you just received Christ, maybe you rededicated your life. Well, there's a place in our app that you can connect. It's just a button away and you can, uh, do that same experience and we can receive that information and connect with you, congratulate you, get you signed up for baptism, answer a prayer, let you know we're praying for you. And so that's another place that we've built that into as well. And even on Open, open open.church, it's a resource-heavy site, right? Well, they recently just relaunched, and now there's a community like comment section at the bottom of every resource. And this is where people can connect and talk about what's happening, how they're using this resource, maybe even throw out some ideas. And so that's another way of doing that. Wow. That's incredible. So this isn't just uh, a piece that on the weekend, because if you ever watch a weekend service online, that's one of the things that Craig or whoever's preaching always says, that if you just made the, a decision to follow Christ, hit the button directly beneath me. Um, that uh-huh. there, yep. there's immediately a way to do it, which folks, if you've never watched a weekend service or one of their services, I believe at this point, you've got like 53,000 weekend services or something like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but one thing that I think is so fascinating and I guess where I was headed with that was folks make, make it a point to watch one if you haven't already. And not just so you can cherry pick the things that you think are really cool about what they do, but to really dive in and to see what it is that Ryan's talking about here. Because not only do they have that button, Ryan, you guys have gone as far as you have a campus pastor for your online campus. You view it as a campus. There's a campus pastor. There's a host team pastor. There's a life groups pastor. There's um, people who are supporting all the volunteers um, through prayer or and the chat room host and all that. There's a whole, there's a video guy, Charlie Moliere. He's, you know, the guy that you see Alan on the camera. He's the guy behind the camera capturing all the video, traveling around the world with him. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's its own. We can kind of consider that as its own campus for sure. Sure. And you know, the beautiful thing is, is you guys offer this platform, Church Online, completely free. Like folks can go get this and utilize it for their church, along with the myriad of other products like Church Metrics (laughs) and Develop.me and Open, like you just talked about, the Bible app, Bible app for kids, just amazing tools Mm -hmm. that you guys have created. And I would also imagine, because you mentioned that uh, part of the bridge that you build is that if they if they dedicate or rededicate their life to Christ, that there's an, an immediate avenue for them to get connected to someone. Yeah. And I would imagine it's not just for the sake of congratulating, but ultimately you guys are huge on your life groups, which are your version of small groups. Um, I would imagine that that's ultimately a piece of this too, is to get them funneled into a life group to where they are connecting with people on a regular basis 
which that's that's an avenue I wasn't even planning on going, but I would imagine your, your <laughs> life groups through the online campus are not digital. Those are in person. Would I be correct in saying that? I think it takes on a myriad of different ways. It might be, you know, a close community who gather at someone's house and watch church online that way. I, I think it also be, uh, looks a lot like people will Skype in with each other and discuss the message and meet up. So it kind of takes on whatever works for that community or that group of people, whether they're spaced across continents or they live within a few you know, miles of each other. I think that's how it kind of looks. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so uh-huh. you, you guys, you guys truly view church online as a campus, not, not just with staff, but also through volunteers. Um, we had Jordan Wiseman on the show is actually through the connection with you that he came on the show and talked to us. He's a great guy, by the way. He is an awesome dude. I, <laughs> I really get, enjoyed getting to know him. Um, but he was talking about how with version, they have a team or are building teams of volunteers through for version. Totally. Um, totally. You, you guys are all about empowering people, all about empowering people at Life Church. Um, and, and one of the things I love, you may have said this just a moment ago, I know we talked about it uh, before the interview, but tech isn't an excuse to remove people, but rather a, an excuse to empower and equip people. What are some ways, uh-huh. uh, other than what we just described, that you guys are leveraging tech to empower people uh, and to equip people to do the work of the ministry? Um, and the campus level, we're, I think we're open and primed to thinking about how, the, how does that look? And even from our website to our app, how does that look as well? Um, so when we implement new technologies and new systems, it usually means there's someone on the other end that needs to collect that data, connect with somebody, all that. And I think that opens up opportunities. And, and, and if you listen to Craig's decision, Craig's decision making podcast, it's instead of thinking of things in either or, open up the options. And so instead of thinking like, well, who on staff is going to have to take this on? Are we going to have to hire somebody else? Maybe this is an opportunity for us to empower someone that's attending, that wants to get more involved, that's high capacity. And this is, you know, really up their alley to connect with, with their church and serve their church in this way. Um, look for opportunities like that. And I think as an organization, we're constantly uh, evaluating that and wanting to put the right people in the right places to empower them and equip them to do the right thing. Um, we're constantly figuring that out. Gotcha. Do you guys leverage volunteers when it comes to kind of a creative team of volunteers at Life Church? I believe so. Right as I was transitioning from creative media to interactive, that was on the heart of that team was to figure out a way that we can connect with creatives out there who want to use their talents to serve the church. And so I did. I didn't actually get to see how that unfolded, but I definitely know they were pursuing that. They were getting things in line for that. So. Um, unfortunately I don't know where it landed, but yeah, sure. we're definitely uh, open to that and, and actively seeking out how to fulfill, uh, doing that. So this is just more and more becoming the heartbeat of Life Church, and where I think you even told me at one point that basically everything Life Church does is a pipeline. Uh, you guys are constantly pouring into people, whether volunteers or staff, 
which one thing you and I had a conversation about this uh, maybe a year ago, maybe maybe not that long ago. I'm terrible with references of time. <laughs> um, I remember we were sitting on a playground in your neighborhood, just just you and I. The kids were not there. It was just you and I. And I'm kidding. Our kids, of course, were there. Uh, I just like <laughs> the idea of you and I on the swings, just the two of us as the sun is setting. We should we should do that sometime. <laughs> um, That'd be fun. But but you were talking about how at Life Church and and this kind of jumps back to some of the culture stuff I was talking about just a little bit ago. One of the platforms that you utilize at Life Church, you develop this and you give this away for free, is a platform called Develop.me. And mm. this is a platform to track growth. Um, and I'd imagine it can be used not just for employees, but also down to a volunteer level if you wanted to. And sure. with that, uh, one of the things I thought was so fascinating was the, and again, this is totally off script. I was not planning on going this way, but this is, this stuff really gets me fired up is <laughs> that you guys, you guys do something there to where that when the goal setting takes place and how, mm-hmm. um, employees are reviewed each year, um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it looks a little different than the, the, the ones that I've been a part of in the past, um, to mm-hmm. where, I know in the past I've had organizations um, kind of set goals for you that this is what you're trying to achieve, this is what you're trying to attain, uh-huh. and then you're kind of scored based on that. And I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying there's something wrong with that. But if you don't mind talking about it, Life Church has a bit of a different approach to how that works. Um, rather than them setting a goal for you, it looks a little different. If you don't mind, dive into that just a little bit. Yeah, I think our mentality is that we're all leaders. And when the leader gets better, we all get better. And I think that goes into the development progress of each team member. It's up for us to own. And who better to know where we're at than ourselves? And part of our culture is just having that self-awareness of where I need to improve. What is my dream? What is my my thing I want to accomplish? And it was awesome. We just recently had operational all staff. And it's when all the staff gets to come together and learn. And Jerry Hurley um, the guy who kind of leads he's on the DLT, he leads that whole resource, equip kind of section of, of the organization. He said something that's like, don't focus on solving the problem. Let your vision solve your problem. Don't try and solve something because you're focused on that problem. Allow your vision to, to resource, to equip, to solve the problem. And I think that's exactly how we we take the development.me portion of that. It's like, so what are you wanting to accomplish this next year? And what are some goals? They're objective-based value goals that um, you can implement to sharpen yourself uh, to make sure you can accomplish that in a year's time. And these are goals. We don't like to say, like, don't just, you know, do something and you know you're going to be able to accomplish it. And don't get so far ahead of yourself that there's no practical steps to get there. Make sure it's practical. But we definitely want to stretch ourselves and, and grow our capacity. And you do that through conversations with your leader. So it's not just me thinking like, what am I going to do? No, it starts with me reflective, have a leader with my, a conversation with my leader. We kind of talk about some things They give me some suggestions and then we input those goals and we get held accountable through the year. And every month I've had it set up to where it sends me an email and it's like, Hey, here's your goals what have you done yet? And I'm just like, okay. So I go in and I comment, Hey, this is where I've been killing it. Or here's some areas that I need to start improving. And so there's this ongoing dialogue throughout the whole year that I can refer to um, when I need to have that crucial conversation with my leader and be held accountable for what I did or didn't do. 
and it's been an awesome tool. That's incredible. And this is, to me, this is an avenue where, uh, once again, you guys are a tech team in the people business. You've built, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, this platform was built by Life Church for the purpose yeah, so, of developing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Exactly. I, I think that's just absolutely incredible. I love that tool. And I think it's so refreshing in that it's totally based on your your view of yourself. And you, like you said, there's outside input there. Um, but I guess totally. that, that would be kind of one of the differences like in working. I would imagine that that probably didn't happen in the marketplace for you. Um, because the yeah. goal, the goals look a little bit different. Where well, the goal is the bottom line there, right? And right. So as long as you're performing, as long as you're getting the stuff out and meeting the needs of the client, things are good. But what these do is really develop the character, really develop um, your capacity as an individual to bring more to the table. And when you do that, again, the problems are, you know, how are we going to resource this? How are we going to do that? Those are the problems. But what this tool is doing and what we're encouraged to do is like, what's the vision? And that's going to, if I'm pushing towards that and I'm leading towards that, I'm going to have the passion to show up every day. I'm going to be sharpening myself every day to solve those day to day and tasks. And that just kind of becomes a product of where I'm going. That's incredible. A lot more farsightedness than nearsightedness in that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I love it because I, I would I would say that even in the church world, in the ministry realm, the bottom line definitely matters. Because if the bottom line isn't uh-huh. met, we're, we're not able to reach as many people. We're not able to bring on more staff and empower more people. Sure and, and, sure. and again, it's not just about having a large staff and having huge numbers. It, of course, it's always yeah. about the one. Um, it's about reaching the lost. Jesus is all about the one. But what's fascinating in this is to me that Life Church's approach isn't focusing on the bottom line. I would imagine the bottom line at Life Church is quite large. Um, however, they're focusing on it. At, Pastor Willie George said this years ago. They focused on it by not allowing the thing to become the thing. And that oh. uh, he used the example of that if you're in business and you're trying to make more money, the objective is not to focus on how can we make more money. The objective is, is how do we meet the needs of our customers? And he told this story about Target and how Walmart is clearly the number one retailer. Like, it's, there's no contest there. And Target was in second place with them. And so they had a pretty serious conversation with themselves and began to ask the question, are we going to try to compete with Walmart to try to become number one? Or are we going to be okay being number two but focus on what we really want to do. And I think it goes back to what you were saying, Jerry Hurley was saying, that uh, not focusing on the problem, but to allow the vision to solve the problem for you. And so that's what Target did. And that's what we know Target as today. They began to approach uh, designers, big name designers like Vera Wang and, and these different people to come in and design for Target. They were buying in such bulk quantity that they were able to drive the price down to where they're selling these designer labels in Target. And so Target it, it, Target and Walmart aren't the same thing. They're not the same thing at all. They offer some similar services, but they accomplish what they were after by focusing on the vision and striving after uh, what they were ultimately wanting to become, being comfortable as the number two, rather than trying to beat Walmart, who's all about the lowest price. And when you go in Walmart, let's be honest, it's not the greatest of experiences uh, <laughs> because there's people there that don't care. And I believe Life Church has done the same thing. 
they have put their focus on developing people. They've put their focus on knowing, Ryan, that if they can make you a better leader, knowing that if they can push you beyond what you thought you were capable of, your capacity is going to grow. You're going to get better. And as you say, and as Craig Rochelle says all the time, when the leader gets better, the entire organization gets better. And so I think Uh this is just an absolutely fascinating concept that you guys kind of did the same thing. And that the thing is not the thing. We're not going to focus on how can we grow the bottom line. And I've heard Craig tell stories about how times when money was really tight, times when uh, they didn't have as many people as they would like to. He t- just recently here in the Divine Direction series, week four, he talked about when Life Church was 40 people meeting in a garage. And I would imagine oh. that version and Develop.me were, were nowhere on the radar at that time. <laughs> But I, so all that rant that I just went on right there to come (laughs) back to how, how big of an impact has all of this had on you personally? How big of a change has this, how long have you been at Life Church now? Uh, Sorry, I got a little emotional just thinking about that. (laughs) Uh, Didn't plan to get that emotional about that, but it's, in short, it has been a huge impact. Uh, I believe I'm coming up on my five year here in September. Wow. So five years, so, just five years, like you've, you've, you've not even been out, you've barely been out of college. You're coming up on your sixth year out of college. And <laughs> I mean, you've still got a very bright and long future ahead of you. And uh-huh. just in these five years that you've been there, if you, if you could try to kind of quantify it and maybe express some of that emotion that you're feeling right now of how big of an impact this place has made on your life. I think it just goes back to every time I hear from Craig, Jerry, Sam, Bobby, it it definitely comes from the top down. My leaders, my teammates, all of us, um, goes back to the concept that we're getting better. Like Craig wants us to be better. He wants our marriages to be better. He wants everything about us to be better. And we do that through our relationship with Christ and through our relationship with others. And for me, that's been a game changer. My marriage is better. I'm a better father. I'm a better team player. I'm a better individual. I'm a better leader. I'm a better student. Uh, All those things in my life, all those touch points are better. And I, I wouldn't know where I would be today if God hadn't given me this opportunity and, um, being at the place I've been. Man, yeah, I, I I think about it often. I really do. Gotcha. That's that's amazing of how big of an impact it's made on you in just five short years. And I'm sure there's times where that five years may seem longer, but I just think it's incredible how big of an impact this has had on you. And it, to me, it still all goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning is that part of this has come through being a tech team in the people business where Life Church continues to create these great products that allow people to better develop people and to empower people and to equip people and to let people see that they're able to do more than they ever thought possible. That's one of the things I love and respect so much about Life Church is, is that very thing and you talking about it. And I've, I've heard these stories for years now. Every time we get together, I'm, I'm sure I'm annoying <laughs> you with how many questions I have no, about Life Church. Um, and so with all of that, though, um, one, one thing I would wonder, and maybe develop.me kind of accomplishes this, 
And again, folks, most of what we've been talking about for probably the past uh, 10 or 15 minutes was not even a part <laughs> of our, our script here at all. No. Um, <laughs> but how do you guys, because Craig has always said, or at least for the, for the past several years that I've been listening to him, um, one of the things he says a lot is that healthy things grow. And, uh-huh. and with that, that can be kind of a, a vague concept because if it's growing, then you know it's healthy. And then since we've right. already referenced Andy Stanley, he talks about how when things are going well, you need to track how it's going because that's oftentimes the time that we don't pay attention to what's happening is it's like, oh, this is going well, this is healthy, this is growing. So we don't really look at what the inner workings of it to, to document and figure out why it's working. Whereas when something's failing or it's not working, that's when we tend to take a look at it and try to correct the problem. And where ultimately where I'm going with this is it, at Life Church, is there a scoreboard of sorts? Because to me, the whole idea of if something's healthy, it's growing. Well, there's certain oh. things you can't really track, um, as, especially in the church context. In the business context, you do track if you're growing by the bottom line, because if there is no bottom line, if you're not staying in the black and you're constantly in the red, you're going to have to close your doors. And the same thing is true for the church. Uh-huh. So I guess at Life Church, is there some sort of scoreboard? Is there Are there certain things, and I think you've already touched on a little bit with the Develop.me tool, that are being tracked so that you're able to make sure that something is healthy or correct the things then that aren't healthy to get them healthy? I hope that question even makes sense. <laughs> yeah, one of our uh, Digerati team uh, axioms is that it has a seat at the table. And I think what that really means, um, you can track everything, and anything that can be tracked is worth tracking. Um, and another way to look at it is um, when you inspect, things grow when you inspect them. It's not just when you expect things. So if you're expecting something to get better, don't just say get better. Like you need to inspect it. You need to say, okay, this is going good. This isn't going good. There are definitely goals. There are definitely dashboards. And it looks a little bit different when you, you know, blow the lid off and you take a step back and you say organizationally, what does that look like? There's definitely those scoreboards. Um, and the, the team leaders, the CGL, the central group leaders, the central team leaders, DLT, they're all looking at the whole picture. And then if you go microscopically to locations, they all have their, you know, attendance, children, uh, giving, volunteers, all baptism, salvations. I mean, we have uh, di- what we call digital signage. And every weekend we see how many people attended last weekend, uh, how many salvations there were last weekend, how many baptisms happened at the last baptism event. All these types of things, we definitely broadcast that because we all want to be empowered to know that change is happening, that growth is happening. And honestly, the biggest tool that I that we use is something that's uh, the church metrics. Um, that has all the information to track. And then there's also uh, Tableau. I don't know if uh, people may be familiar with that system. It's a, uh, From my understanding, it's a thing that you can input data and it'll give you the visual to that. So uh, if you're trying to make a presentation or really try to get a visual weight of like what do the numbers look like and what are the patterns, Tableau is something that we use organizationally. Um, and then 
as far as interactive, we're kind of in that process right now. Like, what are we going to measure? What does it look like to put up on that scoreboard and say we're winning? And for us, it's creating these custom uh, dashboards that we can put up on our office and say, hey, this thing got this much traction this week or engagement's down um, and stuff like that. That's fascinating. And I love that so much because I think, especially when you get into kind of the creative world, um, this is this can be one of the first things to go because it is it can be it, I shouldn't say it is it can be a more difficult thing to track. Um, and the, mm-hmm. it, but like you said, there there is there are things that you can track, and that if it's if you can if you can track it, you should uh, because that's how you totally. know that you're winning or not. It's just like any sporting event. Um, if there's no scoreboard, you don't know who's winning. You don't know if you're getting ahead. You don't know if you're taking new ground. You don't know in the context of the church. You don't know if you're influencing more people for Christ. And again, it's not about the big number. And I know that Life Church isn't just about the big number. It's about the individual. But being able to track that individual and not only show their salvation, but then get them connected to a life group and get them plugged in and help them grow, help them be discipled to move forward. Um, that's one of the biggest things. And I think, again, this just points back to a tech team in the people business, another great Yeah, platform. I was about to say, that's yeah. kind of where the tension is for our team right now. It's like we're here to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And how does technology play a role in that? And what does that look like? If someone new comes from our campus and they download that app, or if you say, hey, come to my church, but if you if you don't know about it, you're not near it, download the app. How are we building avenues, bridges in those spaces to then say, hey, who are you? What step are you on in your relationship with Christ? How can we equip you? How can we connect you? How can we guide you to that next thing and watch you grow and help be part very much involved in that process. And that's the tension we're living in. And, and something that um, we're like, how do bots, you know, chat bots, how do systems like that um, help facilitate that conversation in the church world? You see it in businesses right now, online shopping, customer support. You see these little bubbles that pop up. Hey, how are you doing? Can I help you with something? Um, the news, you can get news to these chatbots now and they kind of get you information that you didn't know you were wanting and now you're connected to possibilities. And we're very much passionate right now at figuring out those technologies and how does that look and how does that fit into the church and making better relationships and better equipping people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Man, there are so many conversations I want to keep going with. I love how <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, you are constantly quoting the mission of of Life Church. I think that they've done a phenomenal job of just ingraining that into your people, into your teams. Uh, just amazing. I think that's incredible. Uh, the the incredible platform Church Metrics. Um, which I used at Kids on the Move, and it was an amazing tool. We opened every Monday morning meeting we had with how many kids came that weekend, how many salvations there were. Those were our, those were some of our main mm-hmm. things, and we celebrated that stuff as a team, not because of the number, but Good. because of what those numbers represent. Uh, and that's individual lives where Jesus has the opportunity to change a life forever. And there's just so many things we could talk about. And Brian, you're definitely going to have to come back on the show, but we've got to wrap up here. One <laughs> final question for you here. This is a question yes, we're, we're starting to ask everybody. 
Because oftentimes in the life of a young leader, it can be easy to think that getting from A to B, where A being where I am and B being to where I believe God's calling me to, that it's a straight line, that it's a clean shot, that it's, there's no messiness about it. And we've all probably seen the, the drawing online that that's how we think it goes. But in reality, it's this squiggly line that goes all over the map and we take steps backwards. It's the whole one step forward, two steps back, and it's all over the map. Uh, but really, success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. I would like to take credit for that oh, quote, but it wasn't my good. own, and I don't I know, know who good. said it. Um, but none, <laughs> nonetheless, Ryan, one thing I like to ask all of our guests these days is what is a, a mistake or a misstep? And you and I got to talk about this a little bit in the pre-interview, um, and I loved what you have to say about this. But why don't you share with our audience how you view getting yourself better and that it's not necessarily a big mistake you, you, you attribute it to, but more so a daily thing. Tell us about that. Yeah. As I was reflecting about this and I was personally struggling, this is something that comes up with my inter- with interviews and, you know, it's kind of the big thing uh, to ask people is like, what is something, a failure you came back from and all that. And for me, as I look back and I reflect on my life, I make mistakes every day. Um, whether it's personal life, whether it's at work, friendships, relationships. Um, it's, it's never been one big thing that I've just put money down, doubled down on and didn't see the return. What it looks like for me is in the moment and to take a personal note and then I'll connect it to a work environment is like when I'm with Oliver and I'm such an achiever, I'm such like, we're going to get this done. We're going to do this thing that, the pressure that I put on that relationship time sometimes makes me really frustrated and can really make me angry and uh, not knowing what to do with that. And I'll leave a conversation with him. And I just know I I took that to the extreme. I I, I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have raised my voice. I shouldn't have done that. And for me, that's, that's a failure. I'm stunting some growth in there. I'm, I'm not valuing him. And so for me, I need to humble myself. I need to have a gut check. And the first time I did this, it was a, it was a struggle. It was like, you need to go back in there and apologize. And you need to sit there and set that example. And you need to model what it looks like to fail and to recover. And that's the win. And um, that was such a struggle for me. And it was weird. I think mainly because of just the age difference. You know, it's like, I'm a grown man. I have responsibilities. This is like the little thing on the totem pole. He's three years old. He'll figure out life. But no, it became so apparent to me as a parent that, this is where the win is. If I humble myself, I go in there and say, you know, Oliver, I'm sorry. Daddy shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have gotten that excited about this thing. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And allowing him the opportunity to express like, yeah, that made me sad. Or yeah, we're okay now. We hug it out. Love on each other. That is what I apply to everyday type of situations, whether it's a talk with Jen, whether it's working with a teammate and I didn't accept their idea or I bulldogged my own idea or I left someone out of the conversation. It's having that awareness to say, I need to wrap back around. I need to go in there and just say, you know what? I screwed up. How can we make this better? That to me is kind of the steps it takes to continue to do it every day, to get better every day and to accomplish that vision that you set out for yourself, that calling that God's put on your life. That's just what it looks like for me practically. Man, Ryan, that's some really, really good stuff. I appreciate you being so open and transparent with us. 
man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. This was a really special interview for me. Um, and if anybody out there wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about that? Really all the things. I mean, but for me, Twitter, Instagram, those are the places I live. That's kind of my daily thing. That's my daily jam. Um, connect with me there on Twitter. It's at Taos uh, or at Ryan Taos on Instagram. It's at Taos. Just connect with me there. I love to uh, open that up. Don't just follow me. Don't just kind of look at what's going on, pose questions, ask questions, maybe something in this interview. You're like, Hey, what does that mean? Or I want to go down deeper into that. Connect with me, direct message me, whatever it takes. I want to be here to facilitate the conversation and hopefully even become a student and learn from you as well. So please, please connect with me. And I can tell you firsthand, folks, when, and just to back up, when he says at Taos, that's T-A-U-S-S. And of course, we'll have that link oh, yeah. in the, linked in the show notes. Uh, folks, you can actually go to uh, the Leadership Podcast, the Leadership Podcast. Uh, it might actually just be leadershippodcast.com, and that'll take you directly to the show notes. Um, and um, and I, I can just tell you, Ryan is very good at engaging online. If you direct message him, you will get a response, uh, unlike a lot of people out there. <laughs> and so make sure to hit him up. And I assure you, if you ask questions, you're going to get questions back. Um, that's one of the things yeah. I respect about Ryan so much is... He is a lifelong learner in that he doesn't pretend to have it all figured out, even though he knows a lot um, and has been exposed to a lot. Um, he very much uh, reciprocates and genuinely wants to know uh, and wants to learn from you as well. So I highly encourage you to engage with him on there um, and check it out. And Ryan, once again, man, thanks so much for taking the time, for pulling away from the conference um, and coming and having a conversation here on the Leadership Podcast. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, Jared, thank you for having me. And I just want to say thank you and, and Roman for what you guys are doing to carve out time in your life to go through the challenges of setting something up like this and to just want to put out good stuff for people to make themselves better, to grow churches, to grow business, to grow relationships. I just really appreciate it. I'm, I'm an avid listener of this podcast. And so I just want to also thank you for doing what you guys do. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It means a lot. And folks, go connect with him. You can get all the info over at the in the show notes at creativesheep.org or leadershippodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Leadership Podcast today. Hope you got a lot out of the episode. If you'd like to uh, connect with us, you got any questions, a comment, maybe a compliment, hit us up online at creative underscore sheep. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We would love to connect with you. We absolutely would, folks. And again, remember, our whole, whole, whole mission here is to talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. I'm going to go back to something that Thomas Edison had, had said. I don't think that's proper English at all. But somebody, hey, he Thomas, had said it. Thomas Edison said, knowledge without application is meaningless. So hopefully that you found something today that you can apply to make your leadership better. We so appreciate you all out there listening. We love you. We thank you. And we hope to see you all next week. Peace out. Stick it. Stick it tuned, y'all.